Foodie. From the Not A Foodie studio, which is not actually a studio, it's usually my dining room table in Queens, but today it's a FaceTime session. It's the Not A Foodie show. Um, so it's this is a weird episode. I don't have my usual co-host with me, Mike Moranti. I am Tommy Alley, by the way. Um, I have one of my best friends, one of my travel buddies, Savannah Peterson, aka Savvy Millennial. Sav, how are you doing over there? I am doing so great, and thank you so much for having me here. Big fan of the show, <laughs> so it is such a joy to join you from my home studio, which is also not a studio, but is actually my living room today for this wonderful chat. We're bi-coastal. I'm in Queens, New York, and you are in... I'm in San Francisco, California, baby. All right. Love it. Well, the reason that we're doing this, first of all, I love the, hey, I'm a big fan. It, it sounds like um, sports radio, like long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, so. <laughs> what can I say? I've got a face for radio. Yes, right? Me too. <laughs> That's the theme of this show. Um, no, but you, you do not. You're like on TV all the time and you're, you're doing corporate videos. Sav is one of my best friends. And the reason that um, Savannah is on this podcast is because Savannah and I um, decided, I mean, there were some business trips sort of involved, but we decided that we were going to go to New Orleans. Um, just to meet up because we haven't seen each other. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And, it's kind uh, of an annual pilgrimage for us. I feel like we, we pick a new city to go to each year and get a good friend dose and taste some local cuisine. And Nola's been on our list for a while. I don't know about you. I'm already thinking about excuses for us to go back. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I think the big thing is that we were only, I was only there for like 38, 39 hours. So that is not nearly enough time to do New Orleans. I mean, obviously, I was so happy to be there. So grateful to see you. So grateful to, like, share awesome meals and drink and listen to Thank awesome you. fucking music. But mm -hmm. I, like, it was not enough. It was just a fucking tease. Like, I need, I need to go back. Oh, such a tease. <laughs> and and I, I often feel that way with New Orleans in general on a few levels. But, but I think that, that it, it's one of the few cities, you know, unlike Vegas, unlike some other places that we've been or people travel to, I always kind of wish I had one more day yeah. or two more days to try that new local place that I just heard about, but I didn't have a chance to get to on this trip. So we'll, we'll have to do part two very soon. I am, I'm very excited, or I was very excited to do this trip because I decided that like, I'm not gonna do places that I've been. I'm just gonna go all new places. And I think we, we did it well. Like, I let, so, so all right, let's get to it. This is like, this is the Not A Foodie, Tommy Alley, 39 hour guide to New Orleans, like cramming as much awesome Woo, yeah, food baby. into it. You were there a little bit longer, so I'll let you like expand um, on some things, but like, let's go over our itinerary. So we landed, we, you know, landed a few hours apart, checked into our Airbnb, had some kava that our Airbnb hosts left for us in the fridge, which was fucking key. It's, that was awesome. Pro tip, I'm almost hesitant to share, but 
We stayed in the Lower Garden District. Do stay in an Airbnb in that area. It's, it's up and coming. You're close to everything, but you're not like every other tourist on Bourbon Street. Not that there's anything wrong with going to Bourbon Street, but a little bit of an insider pro tip. Yeah, and we were there during Mardi Gras. We were there during Mardi Gras. So like right, you do not want to be, I mean, I don't know. It's a different experience. Like I've done Mardi Gras like on Bourbon Street. This was awesome being away from it all. Um, being, you know, near magazine, doing, being able to go to parades, um, but also being away from it all. So we, we landed, we checked into our Airbnb, um, had some kava. The first thing we did was we made a late reservation at Carrollton Market. Carrollton Market. Oh, yum. Oh, so What a way to kick off the trip. Classy, delicious, fun cocktails to start the evening. Felt immediately southern and local all at the same time. Great pick, by the way, Tom. Thank you. you. Know, if, you're, if, if you're lucky enough, like I am, to occasionally travel with Tom, and I'm usually this person in my friend group, but when I travel with Tom, he takes care of the dining selections. <laughs> and it is absolutely magnificent. They, they never disappoint, and it's always a wonderful snapshot of, of different palettes and styles. And those oysters, man, we have to start by talking about the oysters. So if you could imagine an oyster's eggs benedict oh, with man. bacon smoke they were fried it, there was that hollandaise on top one of the most beautiful cooked oyster preparations i think i've ever had what, well, what about you i mean you know me i'm i'm oyster man like i am you just are. obsessed <laughs> with oysters i eat oysters don't all call the time. them tom anymore everyone call them oysters. <laughs> i know i have an oyster farm like a little mini oyster farm that i'm working on on long island like I love oysters, and it's also one of the reasons why I love going to New Orleans because you know oysters. Um, but I had never seen oysters prepped like this. This was insane, and Me I neither. loved them. It was so they called them oysters good enough, um, and they were just you know regular oysters shucked, flash fried, like really really um, lightly breaded and fried. Um, and when you fry an oyster, like there's two ways to fry an oyster. You fry an oyster like you know, you do it really, really crispy and really, really like, I, I don't know. I don't like that because I, I feel like it's not briny enough. You want that, you want to bite into it and you want to have that brine come out. These were like totally flash fried, hot oil, um, barely crispy on the outside. And then you bit into them and they were just, you know, briny, oystery goodness. It tastes like, you know, eating the ocean, which is what an oyster should taste like. Um, then Benton's bacon on top and some creamed leeks with a Bernays sauce on top like it really was it was a eggs benedict but an oyster <laughs> like it was insane and i didn't know that a oyster shell could replace an english muffin but it's now <laughs> a a preparation i will consider in in my own kitchen and and in my plating in general it was just it was beautiful and i, I don't know about you but to me it was one of those bites that really indicated to me that we are we're in the south now we're in nolens we're in creole country and it's about to get real tasty from a shellfish perspective oh man well i mean moving on and creole and shellfish the next thing that we ate was that um that pasta the homemade pasta mm. it was a cavatelli, cavatelli that we shared that was it was um just you know the menu says that it comes with crab meat and you're like all right cool it's a crab right. cavatelli this Talk is about like, underselling it there was you know like 
a dozen crabs died for us to eat this dish. This was like... <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. There was just, I mean, crab meat, like upon crab meat upon crab meat. It was phenomenal and it was fresh. And that's another sort of like, oh yeah, we're here. We're in an area where shellfish and seafood are, you know, uh, they put a priority on that. That was like delicious. And cavatelli is like one of my favorite pastas. It's my favorite pasta to make. Oh, yeah, and it should be noted that we, we were front row seats to the kitchen, so we were able to ask the chef and everyone else supporting him exactly what the great dishes were that we were seeing, so we got to sort of cherry pick what we wanted to eat, and when we both saw that cavatelli and the amount of crab that was on it and how colorful it was, I think we both kind of looked at each other like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's definitely going <laughs> That's definitely going in in the belly. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, and that, when we made the reservation, I was like, we're sitting at the counter, and then we sat down at the counter and had the service, and basically just ended up talking to the to the line cooks and to the chef, and to the hostess and to everybody all night long. We were just there, like like we were family. It was awesome. I mean, that's the benefit of like a Tuesday night late night dinner. I guess it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't even know. I lose track of time when I'm there. But it was a midweek, late night reservation where we sat at the counter in an area of town, Carrollton, that no one really goes to unless they know about, you know? So Absolutely. It was, it was definitely phenomenal. a local joint. And it was packed. I mean, it was packed when we got there. And I think a lot of people always think to, to, to only dine when they're out on the weekends or, or when they're on vacation. But, you know, when you're on a, a, as we are kind of jokingly call it, bee leisure, or when you're out on the road, or even when you can sneak it in to meet a friend, go out for that nice meal on an off night. You're likely going to be dining with industry and locals and people who really know food and love food, and you'll actually find a seat. Well, we so it's, <laughs> it's certainly a hack. At the, uh, at the end of the night, um, I'm not going to bypass the amazing fish dish that we had, but, like, at the end of the night, um, I loved that, once all most of the tables cleared out and it was just us sitting at the countertop you know by the kitchen and then there was one table the hostess came over and was like look we're all industry here and she just started pouring these like <laughs> new orleans shots for everybody like these horrifically sweet like ugh. you know it's funny now that you mention it i had kind of forgotten about those and i'm not i'm not <laughs> shocked that i had forgotten about those amidst the grand marnier and the king cake that also yeah oh my god i forgot about the king there. cake yeah yeah no it's cool i remember the cake just not the shots go for it <laughs> selective memory there at its finest i mean its brain. Oh, yeah. wow oh, that was Lord. it was um i mean i'm sitting there drinking like my fernet which is like totally bitter and totally just and she poured she poured us the opposite Wait. Point. Yeah. She pointed us the opposite of that, which was this like it was pink. That's all. It was a pink shot. That's all that needs to be described. It was like a Jolly Rancher yeah, of some I, sort. I, I it don't was, know. It was an alcoholic Jolly Rancher. It's New Orleans. Totally appreciate it, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, just, you don't ask questions. You put it in your mouth. I mean, it's a city that invented, you know, the the hand grenade and the hurricane. So, like, you know what you're getting when you go drinking in New Orleans. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, so. Let's go back to that fish. The fish that we had was really good. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it except that it was a whole fish, that it was delicious. And it was it a was, Branzino, right? It was yeah. a Branzino, it was, so it wasn't like a local. They had like local striped bass and things like that, but we just decided to go for the Branzino because it was like crispy and, and beautiful, awesome and amazing. And Topped with a little grapefruit, I think, and just fell off the bone. You and I devoured it. There was nothing left on that plate. Yeah. It was incredible. It was done. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. And then we had shots. 
And then we went out and listened. To, we went to a dive bar and listened to some music. And I got caught in a rainstorm. Had to dump out a cup of JMO in the middle of the street because the cab driver wouldn't let it take it in. The and only driver in New Orleans who won't let you drink in the car. I know. It was crazy. And then that was our first night. So we had been in town for, what, like six hours? And um, I could have left and been like, that was the perfect fucking night, you know? Oh, yeah. We, we, we really crushed it right out the gate. I mean, we didn't have any time to waste. And thanks to your clever planning and our coordinated flights, we didn't waste any time at all. Yes. Well, let's talk about... So the next morning, uh, we had a... I would say that we woke up leisurely. Uh, meaning that we woke up, we did a little work, we didn't really, um, I, I don't think I even had breakfast. I went and got like a banana or something and like just enough to, to stave off that hangover and that's about it. Yeah, um, let's just say New Orleans is not a place to plan an early start for any activity if right. you plan on enjoying the local adult beverages. <laughs> <laughs> but that led us... To be extremely hungry at around 11.30 in the morning, which, which is um, conveniently when the greatest restaurant in the world opens up. And that greatest restaurant in the world is Turkey and the Wolf. I mean, Ooh. for those of you that don't know Turkey Still and the recovering. Wolf, it is, um, it's a sandwich joint. It's got like <laughs> 10 things so on the menu. But it's so much more than the sandwich joint. Oh, I know. I mean, it's got, it's got like 10 menu items, and I think the menu is like sandwiches and not sandwiches. And Literally. That's what it says on the menu. They're phenomenal. Everything is phenomenal. Um, they are known for, they're known for all of their sandwiches, but they're really well known for their fried bologna sandwich. And, Sav, I mean, I said I was going to get this fried bologna sandwich, and I showed you the menu... You know, it's bologna with hot mustard, potato chips, American cheese melted on it, shredded lettuce and mayo. But when you look at that on the menu compared to what they give you and how it tastes, I mean, it's night and day. It's like it's ridiculous, that sandwich. It was like one of the best things I ever ate. I mean, what about you? I have to say, sitting there a bit dehydrated nursing a beer to be my hair of the dog and trying to coax my body back into submitting to the punishment and gluttony I was about to give it over the course of the next 24 hours. I was uh, anxious about what was going to happen when I sunk my teeth into that monster of a sandwich. Just to be clear, this sandwich was, you know, three inches tall and and quite girthy and wide and just three it was everything. like it was like half a foot this thing if it was an inch this thing was huge <laughs> it's a difference between men and women some of us tell you the truth and some of us double the size come on but anyway uh no it was it was absolutely massive i don't even know how the hell we we got through that but i i i have to say that the the flavors in my mouth were comforting yet a little exotic all at the same time. There was yeah. there was a familiarity to the salt of the bologna and the fry. There was almost like a grilled cheese thing going on there. But then there was so much more sophistication to the hot mayo and the and the lettuce. Yeah, the hot, the and, hot mustard and the shredded lettuce. Oh, yeah, I the mean, hot mustard, excuse me, yeah. That was, I mean, it was great. And then we also got the, um, we got that kale, oh, no, it was a collard green melt. Yeah, let's not make this a California sandwich. Okay, we were in the South. It was definitely uh, collard greens yeah. and, <laughs> and Swiss cheese and mayo. 
sandwich and that was that was really nice too because despite being greasy soaked in oil and probably butter you felt like you were getting your greens for the day or at least this is what <laughs> i told myself as i ate that half of a sandwich but it was so unique i mean it, i hadn't really ever thought of putting sides in a sandwich that way as right. the main meat of the sandwich as the main course of the sandwich and i thought that what they did there was just really outstanding. I mean, it was a collard green Reuben. It was like, it you was. know, if you're like, That's I'm a exactly New Yorker, it it's a Reuben sandwich. So I know the Reuben, right? Like the Reuben is, it, you know, it's on rye bread and melted with Swiss. So this was, it was collards, but that were like creamy and slow cooked. Um, Swiss cheese, coleslaw, rye bread. And then there was like this cherry pepper spread. So it was like spicy a little bit on the mm -hmm. inside. And it was, it was awesome. Um, so those are two sandwiches that we got, and then we went to the knot sandwiches. <laughs> Do you remember what we got for our knot sandwich? Oh, one of, okay, so this, this actually goes down as one of my favorite single bites of the entire trip, and that was the deviled eggs with fried chicken skin on yes. top, and oh my gosh, did they melt in your mouth and every texture you want all yeah. at once. I mean, it was like eating, so the, the, the deviled eggs are deviled egg is like one of my most favorite favorite things to eat in the world and probably my least favorite thing to make because it's just so time consuming you know if you're going to make deviled eggs you got to make a, like four dozen of them you're not going to make like you know two or three deviled eggs because it's just so time consuming right agree um, 100% agree these were awesome they were covered in this like homemade hot sauce and then resting on top beckoning to me <laughs> was this fried chicken skin, which was just like eating Ooh. the crispiest, like saltiest chicken flavored potato chip that you'll ever have. It was, it, but it was more than that. That doesn't do it justice. I don't even, I don't even know. Oh, but. Man, it, was, it was pretty, it was like, yeah, anyways, I was about to say something really perverse and sexual. I mean, it's a, we're not on radio anymore. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess this is a podcast and I'm not on live national television. It's kind of like sex in a bite. It was like oh, a yeah. really intense moment. Like, like you're just about to get into the smooth center and you have that like crispy, just, just, oh, it was, it was melty and nice, but so flavorful. And I, I felt like that whole experience, I mean, your cocktail was excellent. I had a sour beer. I'm a big sour beer drinker. If anyone wants to send us some sour beers, I'd love to drink them. <laughs> the <laughs> side plug. Uh, but, but I felt like that whole experience, it was so low-key. All the plates are really funny and silly. I mean, our deviled eggs were on a Star Wars plate from probably 1984. Oh, yeah. And we're sitting in, you I know, we're sitting in chairs that look like they were in a classroom in the 80s. And the whole thing is it's really non-pretentious for being this James Beard nominee, this very, you know, critically acclaimed as well as locally acclaimed joint. Half the fucking place is in there with their suitcases because this is their final meal or first meal in the city. And it's pretty it's pretty fun for how humble and mellow it is. Uh, I mean, I didn't want to go there. Do you remember the comment that I made? Like, there's a part like I need to go. I need to go have these sandwiches. But oh, yes, I, I didn't want to go. Well. I know where you're going. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, the comment was, I didn't want to go because this is sort of like the, old, the, the joint, the sandwich joint that I always wanted to sort of open. And I'm afraid if I go there, I'm just going to want to fucking open up a sandwich joint because this, like, I looked at it and I, from what I heard about it, everyone's like, it, it's made for, it's made for you, Tom. And it, it's, 
more than that. It's more than made for me. It's just one of the most it perfect little sandwich. It places. is. It is Tom Mioli in in a sandwich shop. If it, you know, you said you said you're the oyster man. So if the oyster man was a sandwich shop, it would be <laughs> Turkey and the Wolf. Sidebar: I've been following their Instagram ever since we had the pleasure of dining there, and it's pretty hilarious. If you're looking for a fun foodie follow, check out Turkey and the Wolf just for comedic New Orleanian fun. Oh yeah, yeah, they're great. I mean, what was the thing that they posted on Instagram? The spe- Instagram the day that we were there, the special was um, expired forty ounces of malt liquor. Um, yeah, they were free as long as you signed a piece of paper saying you would never sue them for anything ever. But for real, <laughs> yes. they were free. Yeah, they but were old English. They were old English, forties. Old which, old English forties. <laughs> like, which, if you ever drank as a teenager, you definitely know exactly what we're talking about. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just on their Instagram. It was their Instagram special of the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Love it. Oh, uh, so Turkey and the Wolf. Then came nap time because you know oh, nap time. Nice. And then we did a. Uh, then we just did some walking. We went. We went and got some cocktails and walked around and got some cocktails. We went to. Um, I mean, the day started to get a little fuzzy, but we went to oh Lucy's retired surfer bar um that's that mexican joint which is like low-key just chill drinks and drank a bunch of abita boots anybody's into the lighter beers i don't even know do any scorpion shots no (laughs) i don't know what i was drinking i was but it was they were maintenance drinks right like they were not like uh, like, we were rallying through the afternoon yeah they were like beers it was just like all right i need beers just to keep me just buzzed enough but not too drunk that i'm gonna fall asleep before dinner because we were drinking something mexican I was probably we drinking Mexican beers. Bar. Yeah, I was at a, yeah. a Mexican surfing bar. Yeah, I took the California girl to a Mexican everyone... surfing girl in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone always wants to take me from Mexican food. Y'all, I live really close to Mexico. <laughs> anyway, it's <laughs> it's very endearing. I feel like all of my New Yorker friends. Maybe I just think everyone thinks of Mexico. It's great. I love it. Anyhow, yeah. Then we had our we had our, our survival beers there, which was good. And then we went to the district. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, where we had more Abita. So I always drink local beer when I can, unlike Tom, who decides to drink import, though I'm happy to support Mexico right now, given the current climate. <laughs> uh, but So I was drinking all the Abitas. I had an Abita Gator at the district. No idea what you drank, Tom. And we shared. I have no idea what I drank either. <laughs> we shared a quesadilla, which was not enough. Uh, it was too much and then not enough. And then I feel like we got in an Uber, went back to our Airbnb. We got in a Lyft, went back to our Airbnb, changed, and then went to dinner. Like, it was, we did. I mean, that was it, right? Like, I splashed some water on my face, and we went to dinner. When we went to, um, went to Margie's, Margie's Grill, which I wow. Margie's was, like, one of those places that, like, is Sleeper. the culmination of everything New Orleans. Like, the um, it's new New Orleans, you know? Like... It's got the the Creole flavors. It's got the New Orleans like classic stuff, but it also pulls flavors from the immigrant communities around. You know, there's like the whole Southeast Asian thing um, going on, the Vietnam thing that go the in New Orleans, and um, it was. I mean, I couldn't believe that I had never been to this place because this is another place where I'm like, this is like one of my most favorite places ever, and I am a um, I'm a menu prepper. Like, I get online and I look at menus and I need to do a little bit of research. Um, because then when I walk into the place, I want to have some idea of what I'm going to order. Um, 
Sav just like walked in and was like, look, I need to go take a lap and see what everybody's eating. And so I love it. You so just thank Christ so you actually, did. <laughs> this is this is actually a great. So tell us in the comments or tweet us at not a foodie or Timmy Olio or Savage Savvy and tell us question of the podcast. Are you a menu prepper like Tom is, where you need to check everything out before you get there, or are you like me, where you are a table stalker, where you need to find a <laughs> casual reason to walk around the restaurant and discreetly, or in my case, probably not discreetly and extremely awkwardly stare at the plates of all the other patrons to determine what the hell you're gonna have for dinner that night. All right, so. so I feel like there's merits to both, and this is a whole episode discussion of how, like, how to dine. This could be a whole theme. But I will general. tell you that you were absolutely 100 correct, 100 percent correct that <laughs> evening. It's nice of you to give this first one to me. Oh my God, absolutely! Because well, we would have missed out on the best fucking part if we. Had it was crawdad night. It was crawfish night at uh, at Margie's Amazing. Grill, and we had no idea because it's not on the menu. Um, but the crawfish were done like Southeast Asian style. So they had they were like ginger, chili, and lime and garlic, garlic. and they were. I mean, these mug bu mud bugs were delicious. They were some of my favorite. Uh, some of the best crawfish, crawfish I've ever had. Yeah, I've ever had, and I believe it was. I mean, one of the other things that's always an adjustment for both of us, giving our coastal residences, is is the cost of food and the cost of really having a great dining experience. I mean, we got two pounds of crawfish, I believe, for sixteen bucks. Yep. And the, these babies were un real i mean there's what so that's 50 cents of ounce or yeah exactly that's like i mean it's it's yeah exactly what it's, yeah. it's it's nothing it's it's uh it's so cheap and affordable to get to taste all the different flavors in new orleans whereas i think in some cities you're really out a lot of cash if you want to taste the spectrum and these the crawfish i mean I, I have a video we, we can share a little little clip of Tom giving a great demo on how exactly you eat a crawfish. If you're not sure, it's a very intimate and visceral process, I'll be honest, but it's great and it's juicy. And, you know, if you're self-conscious around someone, maybe not a first date food or maybe the best first date food. This is the best first date your, food. Yeah, if you it's like oysters. If it's you like can't drippy. rip the head off a mud bug and suck it down, like, I don't know if I could <laughs> if I want to be with you says a lot about what you could do to other things. So we, I like, I like it. Let's start using the crawfish as the gauge for my dating life. Since, That's the barometer. Uh, that can be a part of the Not A Foodie Show. Why not? Hello, foodies. What's up? Um, yeah, and this, the, the crawfish actually went really well with the fried pig's ears that we I, had also. Yep. I was getting to those. Yeah, those were, those were also like a perfect little side dish, just really crispy. Like they were braised pig's ears, braised for... I don't know how long, but for hours and hours and hours and hours, and then in in great flavors, and then just sliced up and uh, fried, deep fried. So again, potato or potato chips, but instead of uh, potato chips, it's pig's ears, crispy pig's ears, and so melty. All of the all of the yeah. fried skin and bits from the from the chicken on the eggs to the pig's ears. It was all so, it, it, when we think of fried food sometimes, and I think especially, you know, coming from California, it's a very clean eating environment. People don't fry a lot in general. And when you do think of fried, you think of really bad fried, bad oil, bad, that, that kind of gross taste and coating in your mouth. And I have to say, I mean, the South has been frying things for a really long time and they fry things better. There's yes. just a there's just a, a a better quality to it. I mean, I was just reflecting on our notes from the oysters, and they blend their panko like even that. They turn it into a powder before oh, they yeah. fry. Oh yeah, that's right. To I get forgot about that, that 
Yeah, so their whole thing was they blend the panko, and it's not a temperature change, it's a texture change. And when you start thinking about that with frying, and I think that's the case with, with some of this other stuff too, is it's, it wasn't that the pig's ear was, was hot, it's that the texture changed from tough to melty through yeah. the fry in the same way that the oyster became really different in dynamics. So I think, and know, I think it's, it's... One of the things yeah. that I really loved about it, so there was, a, there was a texture of it. There's the flavor, the porkiness of a pig's ear, which is awesome. The crisp and then the tenderness. But then they sprinkled it with like chili and brown sugar or maple syrup or something like that. It, was right? so, it wasn't too sweet though. No, so I'm, kinda, I'm a little bit of a sweet hater. Sorry, everyone. No, me and too. It, it's it, the same. It I'm was, savory guy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We're here. Team savory. Also tell us if you're on team sweet or team savory <laughs> yeah. while you're talking about how you stock the restaurant menu. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> just making sure everyone here knows they're cared about and involved. But yeah, no, it was something, it was subtle. It was almost like a little cinnamony or like, it, you're right, it, it wasn't, there was a couple things that, that I thought would have been sweeter uh, with the way that they were described or coded, but were actually, it was just a note. It wasn't the finishing note. It wasn't the only thing you tasted. It was just kind of this, this little peaceful interlude in in the bite yeah i mean it was it was perfect it was perfect it was a perfect restaurant it was that was a perfect 39 hours for me you were lucky enough to get to continue on um you went to a couple like you went to a couple different places the next day right like you did some classics but then you also did some new places where'd you go i did so after our beautiful first of all it was terrible to have to continue eating without you but thankfully i had the food of new orleans <laughs> to console me the following day and, and the following morning after. So I was lucky enough, I mean, after the turkey and the wolf, I knew that I needed to continue down this rabbit hole and see what, what else was up. And you had mentioned that right around the corner was Molly's Rise and Shine. Now, I, I went there. From the makers of Turkey and the Wolf, yes. Yes, exactly. And so it's, it's Molly's Rise and Shine is actually right around the corner from Turkey and the Wolf and from the wonderful Garden District. Airbnb that we were staying in, so I stumbled my definitively hungover ass over to to Molly's and had one of the better breakfast sandwiches I I think I've ever had. I I know I sent you some some pictures of it. It was a beautiful biscuit and uh, fried I believe it was it was fried chicken or fried sausage and cheese and egg and some uh, pickles on the side and they had every kind of hot sauce which is one of my favorite things so you can tell they're not trying to play favorites they're appeasing everyone in their psychotic hot sauce preferences and hot sauce really matters to me so that was beautiful and all of the salt and pepper shakers are on the little box cars we had as kids the so box cars like what do you mean the um... little race cars you know oh, like the oh, little okay, cool. um, yeah what are, they had another name but you know what i'm talking about Anyway, and uh, it, it, lots of toys in this environment. So the theme is that a turkey and wolf where it was kind of more comic books. This place was more like cartoon and character oriented. Lots of very simple things on the menu. I believe they had sort of in, in the same way they had sandwiches and not sandwiches. I think the menu was healthy and not healthy or <laughs> something like like something along those lines of like comforty and like for the people who like to eat green shit. So it, it was really good. I mean, I got there. I, I timed it similarly. Again, pro tip when you're dining out, do not go at noon. Go in the off hours. You know, sometimes people will tell you to eat exactly on, on the right hours of the day to fix your jet lag. On the flip side, if you're a diner like we are, take advantage of those hours and go when there aren't people eating at your favorite place. So I was able to get in and out I mean, fast. Tr New Orleans um, and travel in general, but especially in New Orleans, like all bets are off. Like... 
It, it, there's no time. There's no yeah, time there's in New Orleans. Time you, stops. Yeah, in New it's Orleans. time is you know is time done? is a construct, but it really is a construct in New Orleans. Please like stop. no one fucking cares. You can be eating awesome meals at three o'clock in the morning, or you know lunch at seven o'clock in the morning, or lunch at four o'clock in the afternoon. And that's what one of the things I love about it. So you did you did Molly's for breakfast, and then yes, did you do any classics? Uh, I did a Kushan uh, butcher. Oh, Kushan after. was good. One of my favorite places. Yeah, so went there for lunch shortly after Molly's, which was a fierce challenge on the belly. But that was the first time in the trip. <laughs> and and forgive me if, if this isn't on anyone's palate, although this, this show is not a foodie. It's also not a vegan. Uh, I had some gator. And I, I love having some gator <laughs> while I'm in the south in, in Louisiana in any capacity. So we had... Had some gator. We had some short ribs. I had some. We had some uh, some more Gulf shrimp, and just another really. We, we did share plates there in the restaurant versus the butcher portion of the restaurant. There's two options there. It's one of the classics. I believe it's the oldest butcher in Louisiana, or at least the oldest in New Orleans, and it's a, a great place. Good food. Great cocktails. I had a hibiscus. I don't even know what to call it. It was a specialty cocktail. It was purple. It was gorgeous. It went down real smooth. Had a couple yeah. of those. Purple drank. That's what they call it. Purple drank. I had some purple drank. I had some purple drank, and it was real good. And then, uh, you know, we kind of did the, we actually did more of like a street food and event-based thing that evening. But I did want to note, because there's, there's a lot of, and we've talked about this a lot, and we made sure to avoid them, it's a lot of tourist traps in a place like New Orleans. There's a lot of places that... Maybe they don't seem overpriced on the outside, but really, you know, th there are some beautiful dining experiences to be had. It's not worth settling for B plus in New Orleans. It's always worth looking for the A experience. And sometimes that means deterring around some of the touristy stuff. But I think if you're going to do something in the quarter and you want to do in the French Quarter and you want to do a jazz brunch, the place to do that is Court of Two Sisters. Court, is and it Court of Two Sisters or Three Sisters? It, there's I two, unless... Is there? Did you run off with <laughs> the third, Tom? No, no, I don't know. I always thought it was quarter three It's definitely quarter two sisters. Okay. I actually learned the lore behind it for this particular trip. And the, the thing that's really great about the quarter two sisters is not only is there this beautiful courtyard, which is a bit where that comes from, where they play jazz uh, from, I believe, it, I believe it starts from nine to three on Saturday and Sunday, which is a nice window if you want to start a little late, which I love. But the Quarter Two Sisters has what I consider to be one of the best buffets of Creole and Cajun style food. And, and, you know, buffets are huge in Vegas and in a lot of places. And sometimes I think it can be a little overdone and or, you know, some of the dishes really suffer because of the amount of different dishes. And what I like about a Quarter Two Sisters is if you're looking to really get a bite of every type of food, because New Orleans is definitely one of those yeah. places where you're going to see a lot of foods you've never seen before. You, you can go down this brunch line, I mean, to even start your trip there so that you know what you're going to want to order at some of these other restaurants throughout the course of your trip and just taste what gumbo is and what, you know, what etouffee is and what crawfish yeah. tastes like and what gator tastes like. And I did a, um, I did a, a, sorry to interrupt, I did a yeah, uh, food no. tour there, oh, I, just, I don't even, years ago I did a food tour that ended at the court and we and just to give you a buffet of every little thing that you ate along the way which was awesome so like we would go off and go have you know uh crawfish etouffee at one place and go and had jambalaya over here and then we all went back to the court and just pigged out on a buffet of everything that we ate it was really great i mean but you have a good point about like there are classic new orleans places that 
you would like dismiss as tourist traps, but they're classic New Orleans places for a reason. So like I would put like the Acme Oyster House in that. I would Acme hundred percent. I mean, we even, have to go next time. I missed it, it this time, and I like actually missed yeah. it right now talking about it. Yeah. What, what like Lafitte Blacksmith Shop, like the the, the yep. absinthe bar. I went there. I went there on my last day. That I mean, was my last cocktail. It's one of those places that I love. You know, um, it's the oldest bar in America, right? It's, I think so. I think that's what they say. Everyone argues about it. Everyone argues yeah. who's got They're the oldest bar. They're up there either way. Yeah. It's from the 1700s or yeah. something, I think. Yeah. Um, there's some really interesting stories about that place. Even the Carousel Bar at um, the, uh, yeah. the hotel. What is it? The Hotel Monteleone in uh, right on Bourbon Street. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's a classic. Go have a cocktail there. Who cares? Like if it's you know touristy or whatever. Like go do it. Um, there are some places you stay away from that, but you know, those are like, there, there's good places to go in New Orleans that are, um, don't, don't feel like you need to be like the, the super hipster New Orleans insider, like go suck it up and go to like some of these places. They're really awesome. And they're, they're historic for a reason. Um, definitely. And speaking of historic, I want to point out. So uh, first of all, when people think about Mardi Gras, I think they think it's like a day or a weekend. It's basically a month in New Orleans. So yeah. parades start early. Uh, you you took off, but I had the pleasure of being able to see some of the parades and actually quite a few of them in the lead up. And, and depending on who you're planning on going to New Orleans with, I mean, I, I personally think it's an adult or at least a teen plus adult vacation in general but i will say a lot of the events are quite family friendly and, yeah oh you know, yeah, yeah when we milling well, around at night you know 10 o'clock at night there's little kids playing in the band and absolutely catching necklaces and it's well very, it's just it's a matter of titties and inappropriate <laughs> no you know. i mean it's picking out the right parades like there's a parade for everybody yeah, i for mean sure. there is there is hundreds I think of, that's parades. A big part of it. all the different crews that throw on all the different parades and you know like there's a star wars theme parade by the crew baka crew <laughs> like there's just it's a, yeah it's amazing it's it there's just so many different parades in new orleans so and it takes or during mardi gras i mean all the time i know someone who uh you can pay someone to do a parade for you like so i know someone who did that for a bachelor party he just paid some people to have a parade for him and just marched down bourbon street they got a parade permit and everyone's like what's this parade for it's like oh it's so-and-so's bachelor party it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually. just ridiculous. There's a band that comes. They got professional parade dancers Yellow. that come along. You know, why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, the parade culture is definitely a culture in in New Orleans, and there's a lot <laughs> that that goes into it. We got to meet some of the crews over the weekend and talk to people about it. And in the in the hotel where my uh, partners were staying, there was uh, there was one of the balls. And man, do they get dressed up! I hadn't oh, actually yeah. seen one of those in in New Orleans, and it was they were getting real real twerk on that and real real down and dirty on that dance floor in some nice apparel <laughs> and some nice gowns and some wonderful masks and i have about 15 pounds of beads right now in in my living room uh, so question for you in the audience as i'm flying on fat tuesday here and i'm wondering do i give out the beads to everyone on the plane or not <laughs> Is that tacky? Or I is think it fun? no. I think you have to do it. I think you have right. to do it. Okay, I mean, good. this is not going to air before Fat Tuesday, so no one's going to be able to answer that question for you. But I'm, Ugh. our listeners well, we'll are going back. to want to know. Yes, we want we to know what you did. Back. <laughs> well, let's um, let's take a break for a minute, and uh, you you'll come back and talk about cocktails. Yeah. Sure. All right. Cool. Take a break. Always. Not a foodie show. At Timmy Alley on Instagram. At Not a foodie show on Instagram. At Sav is savvy. Everywhere, right, Sav? Where are you? Yes, your Instagram, all Twitter, all over the place. Um, yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Not a foodie show. 
And we're back, the Not A Foodie Show. I'm Tom Mealy at T Mealy, and with me is my special guest, my friendly travel. I don't even know how to describe you. Like you're just one of my best friends, and we have awesome times traveling together. Savannah Peterson at Savage Savvy on Twitter and Instagram. How are you, Savannah? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Such a joy to be with you all today. Thank so you let's, again for listening to us. I'm glad that you were able to stay with us. Um, this is my favorite part of the my show. Pleasure. We end the show like quick, quick question. It's like you, it's a long day. We just finished this long day of recording awesome podcasts. You're exhausted. You're coming home. You're going to make yourself a cocktail. What are you drinking tonight, Sav? You know, tonight, since we've been talking about this and it is Mardi Gras season, I got to go with the Sazerac. It's, oh, it's good choice. Good choice. It's, uh, I, know, I know you're a fan. I'm a fan. We actually met drinking scotch, though this cocktail doesn't involve any. But you know, we, <laughs> it's got whiskey. Have been, it's got whiskey. It, yeah, it's, it's been something we've had in common our entire friendship, which which I appreciate and respect. So, you know, for for just a friendly reminder on the on the Sazerac lineup is a bit of absinthe, which for me is a little bit of naughty. It represents a lot about <laughs> New Orleans. There's a lot of absinthe in New Orleans. There's a, a bit of whiskey, which is usually my call of choice in in a lot of in, in really any circumstance, let's let's be honest. A little, yep. little bit of, uh, and then there's some comfort for the belly with the bitters that really tie everything together. And then there's a nice little bit of sugar to cover up all my sins. Yeah, I mean, what I love about the Sazerac, and then, you know, you do your lemon peel garnish. Mm-hmm. I love yes, that it's got, it's got everything. It's got like that anise flavor from the absinthe. It's sweet. It's very Southern in its sweetness. Um, mm-hmm. You use a rye whiskey, a which is, sweet. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, and it's got a different, couple different kinds of bitters. So it's got Peychaud's bitters, which, you know, Peychaud's bitters are, they're New Orleans bitters. Um, that's it. Like you have, they, that's where they were invented and that's it. Um, and then people put Angostura bitters in there as well. Um, and it's, it is one of my favorite cocktails. And I like that you don't serve it on the rocks. You just serve it neat with a lemon peel and that's it. Um, but yeah, good choice. Good choice. I mean... Did I think that you were going to make a bad choice? No, no way. (laughs) Absolutely not. I know you. I've drank with you. I've eaten with you. I know (laughs) you were going to make a bad choice. Exactly. Um, Palette pals, that's for sure. That's what we are. We're just palette pals. (laughs) My my cocktail is... Oh, man. My cocktail is a cocktail that I discovered at Margie's. We were just talking about Margie's Grill in New Orleans. And... I think I took a sip of this cocktail and I said to Sav, I am going to replicate this and make it in pitchers and, you know, batch them out all summer long because this is the perfect, like, summertime drink. Um, they call it the Rad Jam at Margie's, and it is um, tequila, Campari. Cinnamon tequila. To uh, yeah, it's a tequila. And is it cinnamon? I didn't know. If, I think it's it's the Cimarron. According, according to my notes. Oh, no, I think you are... I think you were drunk. It's Cimarron is the brand. It's not cinnamon oh. tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's actually even better. Yes. I stand behind that. <laughs> I would put a dash of cinnamon in this. This would be good with some cinnamon. <laughs> It's my cinnamon story, and I'm sticking to it. Yes, it. cinnamon cimarron. <laughs> um, it's cimarron tequila. <laughs> Fabulous. Yes. All right. So tequila, Campari, and um, a grapefruit Rattler, which grapefruit Rattler is um, half beer and half like grapefruit soda. And I mean, I I think I had two of them. I might have had five of them. I don't know. 
Like, they were just so fucking good. The Rad Jam was the name of the cocktail. and They were so easy to drink. I didn't actually order one because I was afraid I would have seven. And yes. then I would be telling everyone that it was <laughs> seven an, entirely different, <laughs> an entirely different type of tequila. So instead, I ordered an entire bottle of Pinot. It's casual. <laughs> That's what I had. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm drinking my, like, bright red <laughs> cocktail while you're sipping wine. I'm like, nope, I'm drinking this. <laughs> and we're both sucking the souls out of Out of crawdads, out of, of mudbugs. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, man. Well, I, I mean, I don't have anything else to add except that this was an awesome trip. And like I said, it was a little bit of a tease that I can only be there for 39 hours, but... I'm glad that I got to share it with you, Sav, and I think uh, we got to book a longer trip next time. <laughs> mm, absolutely, yeah. This is a prototype for for more fun and and feasting to come, and and uh, and dancing while you're out there. The only way to burn off all the calories that you're eating is definitely go see all the jazz music. We did oh, get yeah. to go have some fun and dance on on our last night as well. Uh, just a run through and a recap of everywhere that we went. We started off at Carlton Market. We went to the Maple Leaf Bar, if I recall appropriately. Yes. And the following morning, we were at Turkey and the Wolf. We then proceeded to go to the Retired Surfers Bar, the district, maybe another stop that neither of us can remember that will forever be in the vaults of, of New Orleanian lore. And then we went out to dinner at Margie's Grill, which I think is definitely going on my mandatory must-go. It was, it was my number one for a few friends I had coming down to New Orleans right after. Then your next hangover breakfast is Molly's Rise and Shine. When you're feeling like a dignified individual and you want to send some selfies back to your friends and family, so when you go to the Court of Two Sisters and sample all of the bites. And don't miss out on the booze. New Orleans has a lot going on in that department from the cocktails that they craft to all the absinthe to the beer industry that's growing there. You really will not regret. Your only regret from your first trip to New Orleans will be that you didn't go there sooner. Oh, that, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I am in disbelief when people say that they've never been to New Orleans. I'm like, what are you doing? Just it's heartbreaking. walk away from me right now and get on a plane and go eat and drink and dance your butt off because that's what you do when you're there. All right. Well, Sav, thanks for, thanks for coming on. What, uh, where can people find you? You can find me. I'm very stockable. Uh, since, you know, I like to stock through restaurants, you can also stock me on the internet. That's as close as you're getting to my plate probably at this moment. So my name is Savannah Peterson. You can find me as Sav is Savvy on all the social platforms. I run a community building agency called Savvy Millennial, SavvyMillennial.com or SavannahPeterson.com, depending on how you want to stock me. And most importantly, if you enjoyed this banter and are now starving, please let Tom and the Not A Foodie Show know just how much fun you had together so they'll bring me back on the show for more bites. <laughs> Good plug. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for plugging us while you're plugging yourself. <laughs> All right. This is Tommy Alley from the Not A Foodie Show. And Mike will be back at some point, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, I'm at Timmy Alley, at T-M-I-A-L-E, at Not A Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. That's it. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you. Foodie. 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 Foodie.